I give health education, I give health advice. And I felt like, would I want to take health advice from me if I can't be healthy myself? Losing weight isn't easy, and some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior Podcast, the show where we share inspiring real life success stories from normal, everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another show of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. My name's Carl, and I'm glad to have you here today with us. I have a special guest, and I'll be honest, I always get quite excited about somebody from Essex being on the show because that's where I'm from. It takes me back to my roots, and it's just nice to be able to talk about knowing similar places and sometimes even similar people, you know, that we have in common and friends we know. So Jess, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And I can't wait to, to hear more about your story because as I understand it, you started your journey last August and have since then lost well over seven stone. And that's following a, a low carb diet and also taking into account fitness and lifestyle changes. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Amazing. So before we find out more about that, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, so I'm Jess. I'm 35 from Essex. I'm married with two boys and I'm a nurse. Amazing. And we were just talking before we hit record about, you know, obviously being a nurse and how demanding that is as a job. Very physical, always on your feet and hard work. Very much undervalued as well. But I'm not going to get political and go into that today. But how long have you been a nurse? Um, so I've nursed ever since I left school. I've done different kinds of nursing. Now I'm in primary care. Um, so I'm not in the hospital anymore. Okay. Okay. And you enjoy it? I absolutely love it. I wouldn't do anything else. It does have its stresses and its pressure, but I, I definitely wouldn't do anything else. Amazing. There needs to be more people like you in the world, honestly, Jess, because really it's, it is hard, but it does such a service to the world that it's uh, literally saving people's lives. So It's a good job. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Jess, your journey, it did start last August. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Why don't you tell us a bit about life before you started your journey? Had you struggled with your weight for a long time? Was it something that had happened more recently? I've always struggled with my weight since secondary school. I've always been bigger. I've always felt I've put on weight really easily. I've always been really self-conscious about it. So it's been something I've struggled with forever, basically. Okay. And what is it that you've struggled with specifically for you? I mean, if it's happening since you've been, you know, a child, teenager, what is it that has been difficult for you? Just feeling so bad about yourself all the time, just always feeling self-conscious, dreading things. So in school, it used to be I'd dread PE, I'd dread being invited out to places because I'd feel self-conscious and worry what I look like. It just affects every aspect of your life when you feel self-conscious like that. Of course, of course. And what was it specifically, do you think, that you found hard about managing your weight? Just, I feel like I would eat to cheer myself up okay. <laughs> although I know that that's not you know it doesn't help it cheers you up for a short period of time um so I think I, I, I was an emotional eater so just that really okay Jess I think it's something that so many people do struggle with and like you said you eat to make yourself happy 
And it's really just a coping mechanism to deal with stress or sadness. Like you said, emotional eating is, is a way of coping. And although there you said as well, you know, it's not obviously a good way of managing that for so many people, myself included in the past, it's what you discover and becomes that habit that's very hard to shake off and to lose. So you, the fact that you started with this from a young age, I'm guessing that in your early adulthood as well, it was a contributing factor to how you felt and the way that you managed day-to-day life. That's right. Yeah, it's just that's just how I've always been. As you became older, because I know teenage years are difficult anyway, and did you notice that it was impacting your life or quality of life as a young adult as well? It did. I think it it was sort of bad for a period of time in secondary school and then I sort of lost a bit of weight and I, I wasn't feeling too bad and then it sort of got worse I would say after I had my first child okay. um, I put on a lot of weight and that's when it was at its worst. Okay how old are your children you said you got two boys didn't you? So I've got a 10 year old and a four year old. That in itself is challenging especially if you're working especially just day-to-day life can be hard work so you don't generally focus on yourself as much as you perhaps did before having children. No, that's right. So throughout then the birth of your first child, you said you gained weight after having him. And then between having him and your second son, were you doing anything to try and lose weight or was it just a constant of of being overweight and not feeling great about yourself? I lost a bit of weight because we got married when my eldest was two. Um, So I'd lost a bit of weight to get married and then that went back on and then had my second. Just after I'd had my second, we had covid as well so the weight just although i was working throughout covid just put on so much weight so i was then at the heaviest i'd ever been so that was during covid and so many people had a similar situation there and even though you were working if emotional eating was something and you turned to food to cope with stressful moments i can't imagine there's been many moments in your life more stressful than during covid as a nurse that's right it was really yeah a bizarre time to work through yeah and, and not nice enough. I've spoken to other people who have worked within the NHS during COVID and just very difficult. I mean, it was difficult for everybody. I'm not going to take that away. But I think being so close to so much suffering and difficult moments, it was it was really hard. And so for you then, your journey began in August last year. Is that That's right. Yeah. Okay. What led you up to that moment of making the decision? Being fed up with just feeling so unhappy all the time. I would say I would say I was depressed. I was so depressed about it. I was bothered by my kids thinking I'm not giving the kids a good example. One of the main things that really bothered me as well was obviously the job that I'm in. I give health education, I give health advice, and I felt like, would I want to take health advice from me if I can't be healthy myself? And I just didn't like that. I just that really bothered me. It almost sounds like you felt a bit fraudulent. Yeah, because I wasn't practicing what I preach and I just don't like that. The thing is with that, and I can appreciate why you wouldn't like it or would perhaps feel uncomfortable in that situation, is that, and I went through something similar a couple of months ago when I gained some weight and was wondering, should I really be doing a weight loss podcast if I'm gaining weight myself? So I can relate to that, but... I think the issue with this is it's very having knowledge and being able to share that knowledge to educate other people is one thing. That's teaching, that's leading, guiding, mentoring. Mm-hmm. But if you suffer from some of those things that prevent you from being able to do it yourself, like emotional eating, without working on that specifically, it doesn't matter how much information you have, you're never going to be able to actually 
solve it for yourself. At least that's the way that I see it. Yeah. So I guess for you then, you realised and recognised that if there was going to be a change and you wanted to feel comfortable giving this advice, you were going to have to take some of your own advice to some extent and make some changes. That's right. And so was it an easy decision for you to make or is it something that I'm guessing you said you were feeling depressed about it, that it had been on your mind for quite some time? Oh, all the time. Um, and I used, I used to be put off going to places. I'd be invited to things and I'd just think, do you know what? I just don't want to go because I knew that the day would come that I'd have to go. I wouldn't know what to wear. I'd feel so self-conscious. I just wouldn't want to go. And I just thought, I can't keep living like this. Yeah, it's silly. Okay. When you have children, husband, it's, it's difficult as well to avoid going out and doing certain things because of the fact it's just your social life tends to be around your children first and foremost at least that's the case in our house um i seem to have a kid's birthday party every weekend um but not many of my own to go to so it's difficult to avoid that and then you said earlier that that feeling of not being a good example but there's also that feeling of guilt that can step in as well when you feel like you're holding others back or you're not doing something as a family because you're overweight yeah like going swimming like if we was ever on holiday i'd feel self-conscious if the boys were obviously the boys love swimming they always want to be swimming I dread it. I'd think, oh, I hope they don't want to go swimming because I wouldn't want to put a swimming costume on. And I just thought, this is craziness. You know, I just can't, I can't carry on like this. You know, if you're at the beach, I'd feel awful. And I, I just thought it's spoiling too much now. I've just got to get a handle on it. So what did you do next then? Once you decided, okay, you've had enough of it, what was the first thing you did? <laughs> well, I actually got bullied <laughs> at work by someone. So there's a doctor I work with who really kept encouraging me to just try low carb he knew I'd tried various diets he'd seen me do shake diets and all sorts and he was like this is just ridiculous this is not sustainable it's not healthy you just need to do low carb and exercise and it was him actually that kind of got me onto this and I thought you know what I'll give it I'll just give it a try I'll see how it goes I thought I'd be on it about two weeks and so when you said you were bullied into it it was done in a friendly way (laughs) I'd have to say that won't I yeah (laughs) Um, yes he was very friendly about it didn't upset me at all (laughs) so being but being completely serious then just to make sure I understand this did you did you feel pressured like and obviously we're not going to mention names or anything else but did you did you feel that person was trying to help you or did you feel like you know get off my case a little bit no genuinely he's still really helpful now no he he just he he does care and yeah he's very helpful that's good to hear yeah okay yeah and um Sometimes though we we struggle to take advice from those close to us and it's also difficult to give advice or to try and push people in the right direction. Push is really the wrong word to use. Guide people, I'll say, in the right direction because you don't know how that advice or those words, even with the best meaning and you know intention, can still hurt people. And quite often if that person's very close to you, they need you for support, not really to be told you need to change because it can have yeah. the opposite effect and so it's it's a very fine line between offering help I think and being too much or, or not being what that person needs to hear in that moment so yeah I mean at the moment at some, at the, some of the times that things were said by people close to me at work I, it did upset me um you know I did cry I was upset but then sometimes it is hard to hear them things of course but you need to hear it. And obviously I'm glad that they they did say it to me now because, you know, it got me to, to make changes. But it was hard to hear. And what is it about 
hearing it do you think that's so hard in your experience? I just think all of the things that you're uncomfortable about and you're unhappy about, they're in your head. And then when someone else says it to you, it's just it's just hard to they say the truth hurts don't they and it's just hard to hear from when someone else says it yeah i think so and something else as well someone i work with from for like mindset coaching we had a conversation similar to this recently and that when you perceive other people judging you or you think they have an opinion of you quite often it's not actually that person's opinion of you but the way you feel about yourself and like you said if you know deep down that what they're saying is true and it, it does hurt because their feelings and things that you don't want to admit to yourself it can be very difficult to get past that but you're on the show to tell us your success story because you did Jess so once you discovered the thought of doing low carb with exercise was it something mm-hmm. that was easy to get into it wasn't I think at the beginning when you start anything you feel you don't know where to start you feel in a bit of a muddle with things what I started, um, there was an app that you could download. It's Freshwell. Okay. Um, so it's the Freshwell Low Carb Project. They're a surgery and they've got a website um, and an app and everything was on there. So I just downloaded that first of all and was just just taking my time just to look through that really, just to see what sort of foods I could have, what you know, what I needed to cut out, all that sort of thing. I'm guessing that was quite helpful because it gave you some guidance. You didn't feel like you were completely on your own doing this. No, that's right. And it gave you like weekly meal planners. It told you what foods to avoid. It told you how much carbs you should have. It tells you on there what is classed as keto, what's, you know, low carb, what's moderate carb. So I just use that really. Okay. Um, I still still use the app now from time to time. I go on there. It is really useful. And we, rec- we do recommend it to patients. So this is a program that we have been recommending to patients for a while. If the NHS are willing to get behind it, it's obviously been looked into and validated as being a, a legitimate way to lose weight in a healthy way. It has, yeah. It really um, can lower blood sugar. And yeah, we recommend it to people. There's a low-carb program that can be referred on to via your GP and they will recommend Freshwell, yeah. So if we could just look in, go into that into a bit more detail, please, because I think this could be very interesting to people who are listening in the UK. So in terms of getting a referral onto this low-carb plan, is it available all over the UK, first and foremost? I, yeah, I, it's definitely it's available in our area. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. So for Mid-Essex, which is the CCG that we're part of, um, it is available. I'm not sh- not sure in other areas. Okay. So that's um, Sorry, that's not very helpful. No, no. It's, it's very helpful because this is something that I wasn't aware of in terms of the NHS recommending certain methods of losing weight. And I'm sure that... If it's not fresh, well, in other regions, it will be an alternative or equivalent that has been looked into and, like I said, validated to make sure it's a healthy and legitimate way of losing weight. So focusing on good old Essex for a little bit, which I'm more than happy to. With this, if somebody wants to lose weight or look into it or get more details, they can go to their GP and request a referral onto the Freshwell plan. So it's NHS Lifestyle and Wellbeing Service and there's all different options. There's a lot available at the moment for weight management. So it's not just low carb. There's all different things that you can be um, referred on for. There's groups that you can attend. Uh, you can get referral to get um, 12 weeks access to the gym. There is a lot available. What tends to happen in our surgery is the patient will express to the doctor that they want help with weight. Then the patient will get booked into a nurse. That's when we then will meet the patient. And then I just go through what options are available to them. 
Um, because I feel like low carb's not right for everybody. So some patients I see don't don't want to do low carb, they want to do calorie count, or some might want to do the shakes. Okay. Um and yeah, we just refer on to what we think is gonna suit people better. But I will review people at the surgery sort of every two to three weeks um just to see how they're getting on. So this is I think so important because for a lot of people, they feel the barrier to entry of weight loss is a case of paying each week to go to a group or investing loads of money in certain products. And it is not the case. The NHS is there. It's open to everybody. And so people could, and it sounds like have just first, in the first place, a conversation about what they'd like to achieve and some changes they'd like to make. And just with you as the example you understand 100% what these people are going through because you've been there yourself. So it's probably not even so intimidating for people to actually have that first conversation with somebody who's experienced and looking out for people and in their best interests. Yeah, that's what I do. I do feel doing this has helped me so much with my job, definitely, because I do feel I know exactly how the patient feels. I know where they're coming from. Um, so I do feel it has made, made it easier for me to be able to help people with weight management. Of course. Wow. So what I would say is if if there's anyone listening to this and they would like to get more information, I will put links to the NHS lifestyle website or blog where you can get information and take that next step because there is help available to everybody and you don't have to join a slimming club specifically. You don't have to buy products or follow a certain plan that costs a lot of money. Maybe you just would be good to go and have a conversation with people who are trained professionals and can advise you on what options are available to you. So yeah, I think that's fantastic. And thank you for sharing that. So Jess, let's talk more about the journey you've been on in the last year and the weight you've lost and the lifestyle side of it as well, because you've mentioned that there was also introducing fitness and exercise. So what else did you do apart from changing your diet to a low carb one? So just started to be mindful to just be more active. So just walking instead of driving when I can and to do exercise. I'd never done any gym or anything before. Years ago I had, but not very much. And that it really scared me. The thought of going into a gym. Um, so I actually didn't for a while. I started in August and I didn't actually join the gym until January because I just felt there was, there's just no way I can walk into a gym. Okay. And when you did go in January, how did you feel about it for the first couple of sessions? I felt awful and I sat in the car for a very long time. I had to book an induction and I just remember sitting in the car just thinking, I just don't want to go in there. And I was just sitting there for ages thinking, shall I just go home? And then I just thought it's so silly to feel like that. So I just forced myself in. I feel like this last year I forced myself to do a lot of things that I'm not comfortable with, but I feel like you need to do that. Absolutely. And all about pushing the comfort zone, especially if you're coming from a place where you may be lacking self-belief and self-confidence and have low self-esteem. It's very important to find that bit of courage somewhere, no matter how much it takes and do it. Because I'm going to ask you now, how do you feel about going to the gym since January? I love it. I'd like to go more. It is difficult to fit it in. And that's what my excuse was before. I just don't have the time. And I am limited for time. This week just gone, I haven't been once and I feel awful about it. But I'm just trying to get into the mindset that, you know, some weeks it's not going to work out. But although I haven't been to the gym, I've done loads of walks. I'm still doing other things. Um, but no, I'd actually like to go more. And I, I thought I'd never say that. My husband, my mum and dad, they cannot believe that I actually enjoy going to the gym now. And Jess, one of the things as well for me, 
especially having started the gym almost two years ago now and sticking to it, I've realized that different people have different ways to hold themselves accountable and different ways to actually be able to maintain going to the gym. For you, was there any kind of secret or anything that you've done in order to be able to stick at the gym and to enjoy it? So I go with my best friend, Rachel. When I started this in August, at first, neither of us wanted to do anything because we were just too self-conscious. She'd been to the gym a bit, I hadn't. So we did some classes together and we did swimming together. And then from January, we've done gym together and we do classes together, we go gym together. And I just think it just really helps because I don't want to say, oh, I'm not going to let her down and vice versa. And it's just nice to have a bit of moral support in the gym because you do walk in sometimes and feel a bit self-conscious. So I, I still do even now. Um, so it's just nice if you've got your friend there. That's great. And yeah, absolutely right. Having the accountability, first of all, but also the support. I think both things work well. And like you said, you wouldn't want to let her down if she was looking forward to going and, you know, she's got goals in the same way she supports you. So that's really good. So and, and what's her name? Sorry, Rachel. OK, so hello, Rachel. And uh, well done for helping Jess. Good luck on your own journey as well. And least of all, I mean, if we just take that into a comparison for a second, because I think this is important for people who listen to this episode as well, in that until January, you're scared to actually get out of the car and go into the gym. And now on weeks where you can't go to the gym, you're upset with yourself. I mean, it, That's right. it, it couldn't be a further opposite than that, you know. And so you yourself, Jess, probably don't recognize that mindset. I mean, if I was to say to you two years ago, in two years time, you are going to be frustrated if a week goes by and you can't go to the gym. You'd probably laugh at me. Yeah, I think you were mad. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I think is so important to realise that no matter where your headspace is today or what you may think is impossible, it can change. So for you, myself included, at times thought, oh, I'd never stick to going to the gym. It's just not for me. I'm, I'm not cut out for it. And then on the show here, I have guest after guest who have discovered running they go swimming they go to the gym all of these things that they'd never recognize in themselves before they started that journey and I think it's just so key to remember that it doesn't matter how you feel in the moment today there is that more positive future ahead if you just give yourself that little bit of belief and the fact that you know you can do it so you love the gym now and you do a lot of walking and I can imagine in terms of family time this has improved the way you feel about going out and doing things with them as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm more than happy to go swimming now. We go swimming a lot. We're always taking the boys out on their bikes. We, we just do a lot more. It's made us all more active. Um, it's not just me that's more active. It's made all of us change, really, So, which was what I wanted. I think it's good for the boys. I mean, they've always been active with football and everything anyway, but we're definitely more so as a family doing more now. Of course. And I'm sure that feeling of holding them back or stopping people from doing things as a family has disappeared for you now as well. And I'm sure that that's led to you feeling a lot better about those things and those situations too, which is great. Jess, in terms of where you are today, you know, having been on a journey for over a year, changing your lifestyle in terms of fitness, feeling a lot happier, having lost the weight and following this low carb diet, is this an eating method now that you will continue for the long term? Definitely. Um, I mean, I know obviously long term, you can't keep losing weight. So I will have to adjust the amount of carb that I have. I'm five pounds off target now, um, but it has really slowed down. When I get to my target, I'll have to look at how I'm then going to maintain that. But yeah, I to be honest, I don't. Everyone says to me, "Do you miss carbs?" I don't really. I don't crave them anymore. I don't miss them. I'm quite happy with with what I eat now. It's just normal for me now. It's just just my routine of 
you know, what I have. Okay. And then if we could just talk about the carbs for a second, because with keto in comparison to what you're doing, Jess, I think that in keto, you limit yourself very, very heavily and you don't go above a certain level of carbs per day. And that that's right. I think you have to be below 20 to 30 grams a day to be keto. Okay. And the way that that works then is your body is generating ketones and using fat essentially as energy. Whereas the moment right. you go outside of that limit and consume above that 20 to 30 grams, your body comes out of ketosis. And so you then have to start the process again, which can take five days, six days, I believe, to even achieve it. So you have to be very strict in terms of your carb intake. Whereas it sounds as though for you, it's more about reducing carbs in terms of creating that calorie deficit so that you can just maintain a lifestyle of still eating healthily, still eating on a regular basis, but just reducing that level of carbs. Tell me a bit more about that. I tend to try and stick to 30 to 50 grams a day. So that is considered still quite low. Um, I don't eat carbs, as in I don't eat bread or rice or pasta or potatoes. I don't have them at all. But obviously, all foods generally will contain carbs. So I just keep an eye on what carb is in the foods that I'm eating. Okay. Um, but I've found alternatives now. So I, I do have bread now. i found a low-carb bread. I've got a pasta alternative that's low-carb. So I'm still having those things, but the just lower-carb lower version. Understood. Understood. So you don't probably feel like you're missing out too much either? I don't really, no. And like I say, the things that I thought I would miss, I, I don't really. It, it definitely does stop you craving things when you're not having the sugar, when you're not having the carb. It does stop you craving things, definitely. So it's just about really giving yourself some time to get through that initial change, which is like that with yeah. everything, I think, isn't it? You just have That's to give right. yourself some time. Yeah, the first few weeks were, were difficult because... You know, you're thinking, what can I eat? What you know, what can I snack on if I'm if I'm you know I can't wait till dinner and I'm hungry. But when you, the more you get into it, the more you sort of know what you can have. You get into a bit of a routine with it. I do think you need to be really organised with it because obviously sometimes it can be hard, especially if you're out and about to grab something that's low carb. You know, for being at work and stuff. So I do try and plan each week what my lunches are going to be, what my dinners are going to be, so that they're all ready and I haven't got then the option of or oh, I haven't got anything and then you go off track. Got it. And I think that's true no matter what kind of weight management program you follow. Planning, thinking ahead and putting yourself in that position for success is definitely a big step forward because like you say, otherwise you find yourself almost panicking in certain moments for you don't have anything ready or it just leads to a poor decision or poor choice in that's that right. moment. So um, thank you for sharing that. And that's you know really helpful. And as I said, for anyone listening who's interested in finding more about low carb or a referral through the NHS to change their lifestyle or get some advice. I'll make sure that I share all of that in the notes of the show. Jess, do you have any advice for anybody that was potentially heard what you've had to say today or is sat at home listening to this, wanting to make a change to their life? Just to go for it. I, I wish that I'd done it much sooner. I just think to, to go for it, but to not, not think too far ahead and not set too big a goal because when I first started and I thought, in my head, I thought, okay, I need to lose about four stone. I knew it would be much more than that, but I thought, okay, four stone. That's too big a goal. And then I just thought, I'm never going to do it. So why start? I just thought, I'll never get four stone off. So when I started, I just thought, do you know what? I'm just going to actually do it for a month and I'll see how I do in a month. So I think just set little goals. Okay. And then I'd get to the month and I'd, you know, you'd lost, I'd lost a good amount of weight. And I thought, oh, okay, then I'll do another month. So I was just sort of doing it like that rather than thinking, you know, I've got all these stones to lose. 
I just think it's hard to look at it like that. You just need to do it little bits, little goals. I think that's great advice. And I think as well, something that I like about setting it up for a month as opposed to X amount of weight is that if you can commit to a month and you stick to that month, you're not putting yourself under any pressure of how much weight you have to lose in a certain amount of time. That's right. And it gets to the end of that month and having stuck to it, whether you've lost four pounds or eight pounds, you'd still be happy because you've committed to that full month and you've achieved that. And as a result of that, you have lost X amount of weight as well. I think, like you said, so many people set themselves up with goals that they want to achieve, but without breaking them down into something that feels more achievable. And because there's such a huge gap between, I mean, you've lost over seven stone, but from day one to say, okay, I'm here today at zero. I want to lose seven stone. It's a long path that you have to go down. And so it doesn't really matter how far down that path you get. You don't feel like you've succeeded until you reach that seven stone. Whereas really you're succeeding every single step of the way, but you just don't recognize it. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Just one last question, actually, and something we haven't really talked about. In the last year, have you found it challenging or have there been moments, you know, when you think about things like Christmas or holidays, kids' birthdays, your birthday, have there been moments where you've found it difficult to maintain your plan? Yeah, I think um, sometimes, you know, if you know you're going out, you sort of work. I always look ahead at the menu, depending on where we're going. I, I know that some people will go out and think, okay, the day that I'm out, I'm just going to have what I want and then I'll get back to it the next day. I can't really do that. I need to be all, I'm a sort of all in person. I'm either doing it or I'm not. And I, I, I just, so I stick to it even when I go out. So I just always try and look ahead when we go out, know where we're going to eat plan what I'm going to have I do allow myself to have a few drinks I don't worry about what I'm drinking when I'm out because it's very rare that I'd go out anyway Christmas just gone I did stick to it I just had a Christmas dinner with no roast potatoes oh my goodness <laughs> something felt wrong you just saying that <laughs> do you know what though I don't miss roast potatoes everyone says to me Christmas dinner with no roast potatoes <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it is I've felt so awful for so long and it's so nice not to feel like that anymore so I sort of feel like I know eating I don't, three roast potatoes isn't going to put me back to how I felt last year. But I just think why go back to having something if you don't even miss it? When not having it, you're just feeling so much better. That's what I just think of that. I don't know how to explain no, it. You don't have to explain it because I understand completely. And I have a lot of admiration and respect for you for coming that far in your journey that you can sit here today and tell me that with so much conviction. Because I think it just shows how much you have changed your lifestyle and your headspace in the last year to be able. And, and to be honest, that wasn't even a year into your journey. That was only a few months into your journey that you were able to do that over Christmas. And Christmas is a hard time for a lot of people because, well, it's Christmas. There's more food, there's more social activity. But to value your journey more than pushing it to one side for one day when, you know, and if you decide on that one day to eat roast potatoes or anything really there's no one can tell you you're doing it right there's no one to tell you you're wrong for doing it it's entirely up to you but it's, it all comes down to what you value more and knowing your ability to maintain your goals and objectives beyond that one particular day so i i think there will never be a day where i don't put roast potatoes on my christmas dinner um <laughs> and i'll be i'll be the one still fighting everybody around the table for the last one in the bowl as well but at the same time anybody who goes on a journey to change their life and does it so well as you have done, I think is, is fantastic. So well done and, and really congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. So 
I think we've run out of time, unfortunately, Jess, but it's been lovely to speak to you today. And thank you for being our latest weight loss warrior. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Take care, Jess. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new weight loss warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.